Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to Mass Live's Eye on Foxborough podcast. I'm Karen Garigian, and today I'm thrilled to welcome Patriots captain and two-time Super Bowl champion David Andrews to the show. Hi, David. Hey, Karen. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Um, much of today's show is going to focus on Dante Scarnecchia who will officially be inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame on Saturday as a contributor, along with Mike Vrabel. David, you, let's see, you arrived in 2015 as an undrafted free agent. I don't think Scar was here then, but he came back in 2016, and I believe you had four seasons with him. Do you remember your first encounter with him, and did you have any background knowledge about him as a coach um so the first thing i remember about dante um was actually when i was in college one of my close buddies uh ben jones longtime center for the uh the titans played for the texans and then the titans um dante actually came and did his pro day and i was a i guess that would have been spring of my freshman year um, I know Ben through high school. He was kind of like a mentor, and he's, I mean, he still is today um, for me and a super close friend. And um, so I went to his pro day. I wanted to see what it was like. I've never been to NFL pro day and um, thought it would be cool to see. And um, went, and Dante was working him out. I had no idea who Dante was at the time, obviously. And they did like a 20-minute workout, and they were dying. And he was yelling and screaming at them. <laughs> and I remember, like, you know, like – Pro day workouts aren't like that crazy, you know, it's kind of like fluff and, you know, I feel like teams have a pretty good idea of what, what they're going to do and, you know, maybe just kind of looking at some guys, but I mean, Dante took him to another field after the workout was done for like the O-line and they were moving on to, I don't know, the DBs or linebackers, whatever, right? Like, you know, you got a lot of guys to get through and Dante put them through like another hour workout, it seemed like on another field. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know who this guy is, but they're getting their tails kicked over there. And um, so that was my first impression at the time. I had no idea who he was, you know. And then I think I met him either in the weight room my rookie year. Maybe. I don't know which came first, either then or I met him at the uh, Christmas charitable thing we do at Bass Pro Shop, the shopping event. Um, And he was there and, you know, was super nice, super personable. If anyone's ever had an interaction with him, you can imagine, you know, how it was and and I was like, man, I've heard a lot of stories about Dante. And um just doesn't seem like that kind of guy, you know. And, you know, he's a he's a he was a little guy and, and he just said a lot of nice things to me and it was a very nice conversation. I was like, wow, that was that was cool. And then, you know, I can remember us hiring him in 2016. And I think maybe it was the first day of the all-season program. Me and my wife had gone to like a little bar that weekend. 
in in Rentham, and I was having some beers and uh, you know, whatever. We went home, and that Monday, I'm in the hot tub, and he's walking past me, and I don't think he makes eye contact with me. He goes, "I hear you were drinking beer by the gallon this weekend," and just kept walking. And I was like, "Oh gosh, oh man," uh, you know. And turns out, like I think, like his grandkids' babysitter was our bartender or something. So, uh. So those are kind of like my first three interactions with them. And I really had no idea where this thing was going to go and how close we would become and, you know, the success, I guess, we would have together. If you, I got, he's, I think he was part of 10 Super Bowl appearances, obviously six winning ones. And um, in your eyes, you know, what, what made him such a good coach? You know, why, why is he being inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame? Well, you know, I don't think – I don't know how the Pro Football Hall of Fame works, but I think there should be a spot for him there too. But, yeah, I think Dante is – look, at the end of the day, a football coach is a teacher, right? Yeah. And um, that's what they are, and they're teaching you the game. And, you know, I think, you know, there, there was a lot of scheme things and things he believed in, but his techniques were so specific, right? Like – he believed in his technique and he showed you when you did it right, you probably had success. And when you did it, you probably, there was probably something wrong. I think that how he did that was super impressive because a lot of people can tell you, you know, how to run a play, but like, that's one thing, right? Right. Learning the concept of a play and learning the slide calls, the combination calls, if you're working to the mic or the will, like some like, so a lot of people can teach you that, but not a lot of people can teach you how to block the 325 pound D lineman that has longer arms than you, weighs more than you, stronger, more explosive, faster than you. Oh, and yet you're backpedaling while he's going forward and you have to try to stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, not many people can articulate how to do that at such a fundamental level. I think that was always something that was really impressive to me. Also, to be a coach, you got to be a great motivator. You got to get people to believe in you. If you don't believe in, you know, if you didn't believe in the things you were doing as a player, that could be cause issues, right? Like if you don't believe in the certain things you're doing, you know, somehow he worked us. He worked us hard. You know, he knew when to push. He knew when to pull. You know, I think one of my favorite memories of him, the 2018 season, you know, we come off the Kansas City game, the AFC Championship game. We had a physical year, right? We kind of toward the end of the year found our niche in running the football playing physical. I forget. I think we went into Kansas City with like 40-something runs. You know, we were tired. We were banged up. Coach Belichick, you know, the week of the Super Bowl, that bye week, put us in pads one day, worked us hard. You know, we were exhausted, worked us super hard. I think the next day he put us in pads again. And, you know, as players, we were kind of, you know, we were starting to feel it a little bit. And I remember Dante, you know, we go over to do our warm up with him and he kind of stops it and brings us up and is like, look, I get it. I know, I know you guys are tired. I get it. I know you guys are sore, but this is the hand we're dealt. We got to go, we got to go take care of business. And you just kind of felt the, the huddle, the, the offensive line group, kind of the momentum shift in our mindset. You know, we were feeling sorry for ourselves. We were tired. We were sore. And he knew we needed a little, you know, a little something. And, um, you know, we obviously went on to win that Super Bowl, but I just, and we all, we had a good practice. And I think that's just a little glimpse of kind of his leadership, his understanding of when to push, when to pull, you know, and, and trying to get the best out of guys. You know, I've, I've talked to Trent Brown about him and obviously Trent Brown loves him. He loved that 
it, it, it was almost like he was fatherly. He was tough, but he also, you know, kind of knew when to back off. I was, I'm, I guess I'm curious. I know he's a tough, no nonsense coach. Did, did he have a soft side? I think soft side is the wrong word for it. I think well, he had, a, I think he had a caring side. Yeah. Okay. He cared for you and you knew that as a player, right? I think that story I just shared, you know, share some of that, right? Like he could have just ran us in the ground and said, you know, you guys need to stop feeling like, you know, but like he kind of pulled us along right there. We all, that's all we needed. Like, right. And then we took over the rest, like, all right, let's go, you know? And I don't know if it was my first year with them. We have, we'll have like meetings throughout the year, right? Like over the bye week like, Hey, here's some things you're doing well. Like we call them exit meetings, whatever. Right. And I go in there and I was like, man, this could, he's probably going to pull up every penalty I've had every, we go in there. He's like, you know, have a good year. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's a long year. Keep working. And that's pretty much the only football thing I remember him saying. And maybe, you know, maybe he did say more, but what he did after that was just so impressive to me. You know, he goes, well, how's McKenzie? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how's your wife? How's everything at home? And it kind of, I don't, it like caught me off guard, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, what, you know, and, I thought we were supposed to be talking about football, but I think he, un, you know, he knew and understood that that has a direct impact on how, you know, I'm coming into the building every day. And if I got some things I need to take care of at home over the bye week, I should do that. Things like that. And I think, you know, just shows how much he cared about you and cared about us. And, uh, you know, like, you know, fatherly figure, I think, you know, I, I grew up with a very tough father. He was hard on me. He demanded a lot of me. Um, if it wasn't good enough, he told me, but he celebrated in every success I had, maybe more than I did. I think that's, you know, Dante, you know, and that was maybe not celebrated as much as you would think, but like that approval from him that, you know, that the in, in game that, hey, like, you know, calming presence that like, hey, like you're wearing them out. I mean, I remember we played the Texans in 2017. And uh, do you remember how hot that game was? Oh, Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we were dying, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's that's classic New England. It'll be 85 all summer, and then one random September be 98 degrees. Yep. So, we're you know, it was a tough game, close game. We ended up winning, but, you know, we're sitting on the bench, and he comes over, and he goes, they're not built for this. You know, like, they can't handle this heat. You you guys are. You guys are tough enough. Damn, Dante, they've been practicing 100-degree heat all summer. <laughs> but you know it was things like that that you know that just made him a great coach a great motivator so yeah you know what I loved or enjoyed and I don't know what you guys made of it but you know watching a training camp practices countless of one of them that I have if you guys were ever forced to run a lap for a penalty or something like that Dante would run with you, and here was this 70-year-old guy who would actually lead you guys <laughs> around the field. Well, hell, he was in great shape. Yeah. Still is in great shape. Uh-huh. But, no, I mean, he was he was one of us, and he wasn't built like one of us, but he was one of us, and you knew he, you know, you knew he had your back. No one else was going to say anything to you. Now, he definitely was sure going to let – have some stuff to say to you, but he had our back a hundred percent, which really meant a lot. Quick segue, you know, Scar would always tell us when talking about an offensive line that consistency and, and having the same five guys out there 
is such an important thing. And I know it's been tough for the current group, you know, given all the moving parts, having rookies, you know, take up a lot of the space and whatnot. Has that been a little bit of a struggle trying to, to get any kind of continuity with the group? Look, I, I don't, be, I don't believe in excuses. There's, there's no excuses. There's no, you know, we had years where, you know, guys were missing guys weren't playing. I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, having five guys out there. I mean, that's, the, that's what you would want. And I think even on our Super Bowl runs, I don't know if there was a season that all five started the whole year. We were close, maybe in 16, 17. I missed a couple games. I think Shaq missed a game. Marcus missed some games in 17. You know, 18, Shaq missed a game. I mean, it's just, it's hard to do that. And it's hard. I think, yeah, that is a huge thing. And having the same five out there or somewhat of a, you know, consistent group is a big thing. And, you know, this, this league is... You know, I think my rookie year was kind of one of those years where there was a lot of moving parts. And, and 2019, same thing. You know, I missed the whole year and a lot of moving parts in there in 2019. And uh, even some in 2020 because of COVID and things like that. But unfortunately, that's just part of this league. It's part of the business. It's People get hurt. It's no one's fault. It's, it's a violent game. And, uh, you know, got a lot of guys that are working their hardest trying to get out there, you know, I mean, you know, and things happen you know Riley gets rolled up last week of preseason then gets you know comes back and is you know finding his way back into the lineup and you know, gets banged up again you know same with Cole you know it's just Mike to some extent so um, it's just part of it it's, it's tough it's part of the game it's part of the league and look we're not the only team that faces those issues there's a lot of other teams facing those issues and you know at the same time it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys in the league or a lot of guys on our team to get experience and and get opportunities that maybe they wouldn't so um just part of it you know at, at one in five obviously that's not a place you want to be but do you find yourself kind of maybe taking on a little bit of scar and trying to offer the right message to the players and trying to say the right thing that kind of gives them confidence or hope or something like that yeah, i think so i mean you know you know, I think as a leader, you try to you try to learn all those things, right? And learn what gets guys motivated, how to help guys. You know, and I think there's obviously some things I can do better. I don't think I'm exempt from anything. Anybody's really exempt from anything. And I think, you know, as someone that, like I said, has been here the longest and have been a representation of that room, you know, I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, take a lot of pride in how we need to do things. I think I try to to be that voice at times and try to be consistent, try to be out there, out there and practicing and, and playing and trying to be available and, and helping these guys as much as I can, you know, because that's the only thing I know to do is to uh, keep bringing guys along, keep pushing guys, keep pushing myself. And, you know, I'm going to try to keep doing that as long as I can and, and keep fighting and, you know, get back to work tomorrow. You get knocked down in life, you get down in life. You know, it's kind of more about how you respond than anything. It is what it is. You either lay down and, and kind of quit or you kind of pick yourself up and go. And I don't know how to lay down and quit. I don't – this game, you don't you don't know when it will be taken from you and don't know how many opportunities you get to keep playing it. So, I think for me, I'm going to go out there each week, you know, and, and, and try to be the best player I can be for this football team, for myself, and, and represent, you know, our team and, and our community as best as we can. Yeah, as you said, uh, 
the other night after the Vegas game, you just have to keep throwing punches. You know, you yeah. just have to keep keep pushing, keep working, and keep throwing punches and hope it turns around. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really all all there is to do. And, you know, I think in times like this, you learn about a lot about yourself, you learn about the character of your team and character of guys. And that's really what you hang your hat on is what you're built on in your character and um, the foundation, you know, if you are as a man, a player, you know, as a patriot. Well, I, I want to end on a lighter note. I'm going to ask uh, ask how your son Ford's doing and uh, if he's going to be going out for Halloween this year. Uh, he's back home in Georgia with the grandparents. Uh, my wife went home. We spend a lot of time riding around in a Jeep, looking at cows, hanging out on our farm. So he's living a good life right now. He's think they come home this week, so I'm excited to see them. But he's down. He's getting to see her parents and my parents and living that Georgia lifestyle a little bit. But he's going to be a monster truck, I believe, for Halloween this year. So <laughs> my wife was trying to hide the costume from him, but he found it and he wore it for about three days straight. So, but yeah, I think he's, I think that's still the plan for him to be a monster truck. So we'll see. You know, I think we made it like two houses last year for Halloween. So we'll see. We'll see how much we get this year. He's a picky eater. So I don't know if he'll eat the candy at all or I'll probably end up eating it. Me or his mom. Do you, do you dress up too? Did we dress up? Oh, I forget. I think he was Peter Pan last year, and I kind of dressed up. Halloween costumes are tough for big guys sometimes. <laughs> uh, I think this year I, I probably won't dress up as the monster truck for him. So let him let him steal the show. I I got I did all my dressing up when I was little. Yeah, I know Saturday's a busy day for you. You know, day before a game, you're playing Buffalo. Any chance you might get to the ceremony for Scar? I'm not sure. You know, I mean. I don't, I don't know the details on it yet or when it is. I think if anyone would understand why I'm not there, Dante would understand. So, And he probably would tell me not to come and uh, get ready for Buffalo. So there's no one more deserving for this organization. I mean, what he's meant to this organization and, and the community and the success. He won't take credit for a lot of the success, but, you know, you look at some of the offensive linemen that came in that, quote, unquote, maybe shouldn't have you know, had great careers, the Ryan Wendell's, me, Steve Neal, wrestler. I mean, the, the guys he developed and, you know, developed and taught the game and have had a lot of success in large part to him. So, you know, I, I'm forever grateful for what he's done for me and my family and my career. And I don't think there's anyone more deserving maybe than number 12 of, you know, this honor this weekend. Well, no argument here. And thank you, David, for your time. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you uh, down the road. I'll probably see you tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> Take care. See yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>